The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top-rated app and use promo code RTRS when you sign up. For every person that signs up, we get $1 million using that promo code. And brought to you by LL Pavor- That's not true. Brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, and Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Also brought to you by the sponsor of If Not Pick Will Convey Us Two Second Rounders, Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, Daryl Morey decides to t- test our faith almost immediately by signing Dwight Howard to be the backup center, uh, as chemistry does not matter. Marielle Shayok is gone. Norvell Pell is gone. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary of a very important Sixers event. And as we record this, somebody's probably going to get signed right at the end of it. That would be my guess. Uh, Before we get started, we will do our annual Black Friday t-shirt sale next Friday. It'll be 30% off on Friday and then 15 the next two days. We'll have Three new designs, I think three new designs, and then we'll do a different color of the the names shirt. Uh, we have put one of the designs on social media, the City Line series, uh, which is not related to anything else. It was just something we thought on thought of on our own. So go to our Twitter and our Instagram to see the City Line series. Uh, the Ricky Stateside Vodka will be on sale until Sunday. That is tomorrow, and then that's it. It's gone. So thank you to everyone who's bought it and uh, posted it on social. We appreciate that. And one final thing, the uh, we're auctioning off a commercial on the Ricky for the Brandywine Valley SPCA. Uh, there's a link in this post, and you can – have a commercial for your business, or you can talk shit about your friends, whatever you want. And a very nice uh, emailer uh, who has chosen to remain anonymous will not only match up to $1,000 for that, will also match another up to $1,000 for Coded by Kids. So uh, whatever gets bid on the commercial will be doubled, and then we'll also donate to Coded by Kids. So go to the post uh, on, for this specific podcast on rightsdrickysanchez.com, or it'll be in the Apple podcast description. Without any further ado, Amos and the show. Daddy, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy whose second favorite team now has two players who were on his favorite team last year. That is Mike Levin. Who's that? Danny Green and Dwight. Hmm. I thought we were talking about the Pelicans. Oh, no. The Lakers. I figured it goes, uh, oh, right. So it goes Lakers, Pelicans, then Sixers, or Lakers, Sixers, Pelicans, or? Uh, Lakers, Pelicans, and then sort of a bunch of teams tied. <laughs> uh wow well we got to get right into this so sixers sign dwight howard 
to a league minimum deal. It's $2.6 million this year. I'm going to give a little background here. Counts $1.6 million against the cap. Important thing about the signing is that it is league minimum, so they still get their full uh, mid-level exception, which is, what, $5.6 million or something they can spend on one player or two. Uh, Dwight Howard played for Maury in Houston, where it ended uh, poorly. Um, he was supposedly staying in Los Angeles, according to a, a tweet from Dwight Howard, which basically said purple and gold forever or something, then ends up here. The story from Chris Haynes at Yahoo is that Joel Embiid started recruiting Dwight Howard. And uh, the only other thing I have here is that Dwight Howard did say, I think like three days ago, that he basically played for free last year and wanted to get paid this year. And uh, here we are. I don't know if you want my response for first or, or yours. Um, I mean, I like that Joel is in the recruiting business. I think that is a positive. Sure. Um, and that they, you know, seem to be working in tandem with that. Um, mm -hmm. And Dwight as a backup with the Lakers uh, in limited minutes was very effective. Um, his per 36 numbers are very good. Uh, he did all the limited things you wanted him to do, which is rebound like crazy, set screens and roll like crazy, and just like protect the rim some. Basically doing none of the like, you know, 30-year-old Dwight stuff where he's trying to post up or he's trying to mm -hmm. do cool stuff. It's just it's like the most bare bones, like Tyson Chandler, be a be a big uh that I've ever seen. And it was fine and it was good. And yeah, obviously he's big and physical and stuff. And he seemed to be on his best behavior, playing basically paying I was gonna say playing for LeBron, which is you know, pretty much true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So on that end is, I mean, he's the best backup center that Embiid's had in his career, which I guess is good. Um, if, I mean, depending on how you feel about Horford, uh, but like, I don't know, we, you and I disagree with this about some things, but like, I like rooting and maybe we don't, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like a good guy. There's been various weird reports over the years. He pisses off teammates. He wears out his welcome everywhere. He's criminally unfunny. There's a bunch. There's so many things, and it's just like I, I like rooting for guys that I like, and here's one who just like I straight up don't. And so like maybe he's gonna be fine. Maybe I'll you know we can just ignore it as a backup center type, just do his job. But it 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 bummed me out some. Um, I actually am with you, not because I don't personally like him. Look, I would always rather root for somebody that I personally like, even as a even even if it's not as a person, like I, I, you know, I, I generally don't know any of these guys as people, but even just what they exude on the court, you know, that's what I liked about Starks, right? Starks seemed like a, I, I've never met him. I don't know if he's a good person or not, but I sort of liked the way he was on the court. Look, I know part of the Maury thing is the no, you know, chemistry doesn't matter and yada, yada, yada and all that kind of stuff, you know. I don't, um, I wouldn't I don't know that that's necessarily true. Well, I mean, it's sort of true. I mean, uh, it it He did. I mean, he said when when we had him on the podcast, you asked him what's more important in a coach. In a coach, but not in other other players. But well, I think that's part I think that's part of it. I think if he said if, well, he, if he if he thought chemistry didn't matter, then he would have said being the best, you know, having the best system and stuff. Well, what I would say is that the same thing you said. I just 
look, we're, I'm going to, it's, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like every move that he makes. Uh, I don't like this move at all, really. And I got the, all I did was sort of innocuously tweet, you know, I'm not sure about this. And I got a bunch of people back saying, you know, that the thing that you said, it's, well, it's, it keep, they keep the MLE and they can use it on a guard and he's, yeah, and, it's and, obviously not a bad contract yeah, at the minimum. You yeah. Know? And, oh, you, this has nothing to do with me wanting Nerlens. The Nerlens thing was just funny. I, that, that's it. He, everybody hates him. I, like, I don't, I, I honestly can't think of another player in the NBA over the last 10 years who is more universally disliked by every teammate he plays with than Dwight Howard. I, I, I can't think of anything. And the, 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 the comparison to the Lakers is, and again, it, if he's a problem, they can just cut him. He's league yeah. minimum, right? I, it's, it's not that big a deal, but this is what we have to deal with. So it's what we're going to talk about. I, the, the the enormous difference between the Lakers and the Sixers is the Lakers have LeBron mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis on that team, and we're going after a title. And, and and I don't know if you remember it. There were all these things where LeBron had to talk to Dwight Howard before they signed him, and yeah. they all had to be sure of it. The Sixers don't have any of that. There's no established culture. There's no leader. There's no anything. And it's funny. I was thinking about it. What what would I hate more? Uh, Joel Embiid hating Dwight Howard or Joel Embiid really liking Dwight Howard and getting yeah. along with, like the, they're both they're both terrible options yeah so it might end up fun fine and I understand that the contract part of it I I get it and yes it is a, a definitely a, a good backup center for Embiid but I just he, he just n- nobody likes him I it, I don't need a super popular guy, but even people even like Rajon Rondo. There, 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 there are players that have been known as bad, you know, bad guys or bad chemistry guys or whatever that other players have liked. Can you think of anybody who's like, man, I, I love Dwight Howard. I can't think of any of them. So no, yeah, I don't. No, love I it. mean the 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 benefit. Like, I don't think it's that much different between the Sixers and Lakers, aside from the very big difference of LeBron. I don't think. You know, Anthony Davis wasn't a guy who like commanded a bunch mm-hmm. of teammates' respect in New Orleans. Sure, or but the LeBron difference is enormous. Yeah, and so I think uh, the the benefit is that we have Danny Green, who played with him last year, and I would guess that Daryl or enough people talked to Danny and was like, "Yeah, how's how how fucking how was it? Was it bad? What are we talking about?" And so if Danny signed off on it, at least he can tell people, I think Alyssa told me this, at least Danny can tell people to like ignore Dwight. <laughs> Just be like, this is, this is yeah. what you don't have to listen to. Um, he's also like an anti-vaxxer and he's just a weird guy. And like, it's a pandemic. We don't need that, uh, that energy in anything. It's, it's very bizarre. Uh, it is a backup center. So whatever. Yes, they can cut him. It just feels like on a team where... There's always, you know, armchair psychologists look, looking, you know, grading for body language and, you know, me constantly pushing for a safe trip to Napa. It just feels like, is it re- like, why throw this into the mix? Yeah. Kem Birch would never do anything to anybody. He would just do the same stuff. And I've never heard him talking and probably never would. And so there's a bunch of that stuff. I also do from a more basketball perspective, and maybe they still go go for it. I also really want a legitimate stretch five. Yeah. 
behind Joel. And Dwight's obviously not that. I, I would have loved a like Terrence Ferguson for Luke Cornett trade would be really well, f- uh, good for me. For the for the minutes that Ben's on and Joel's off. Right. And right, so, right. I mean, I think, I think, you know, Doc's going to want to run pick and roll. Dwight is a good screen and roller. We still don't really have a pick and roll guard to do that stuff with. I mean, I guess Seth can do it some. Maxie can do it some, but he's a, he's a rookie. Shake a little bit. I think Doc, you know, Doc probably saw Shake play one time and thinks he, because he blew up the Clippers, he probably thinks yeah. he's one of the best players in the league. Um, and so I still, still waiting to see how more things shake out. I do think that there's more to come. They have currently, if they, uh, if they sign Isaiah Joe to a, a real contract and presuming they keep Paul Reed on a two way. And we got to talk about the other guy in the two way also, by the way, mm-hmm. don't, don't sneak that past. Me. I'm not trying to sneak it past. Yeah. I just don't even um, know his name. So that's fine. Yeah. Uh, they have one available roster spot. They have 14 out of 15 roster spots filled. So I think that there's going to be some, some movement. I would still like a, you know, we can get to free agency. I would still like a, co- a couple more. There's two more things that I would like. And so it, it it's fine. It's annoying. It might blow up on our faces. To me, the risk reward is like not, not super worth it. Um, it was weird because the Lakers, he tweeted that the, he's going back to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers were like, uh, no, no, not quite. Um, and then they went and got uh, Montrezl Harrell. Um, and so he had to delete the tweet. And uh, and he's coming here instead, which is, you know. Okay, not everything can be great. You guys. It is, <laughs> it, that's another shirt. It is, it is, uh, I mean, obviously they got Harold, so that explains that. But the fact that the Lakers didn't want him back on a minimum either is, I don't know, he's just so lame. And, and okay, last thing, last thing is his, I want to get, he did play the role last year, but his yeah. whole, his whole, I want to get paid thing just makes <laughs> I want to get paid the minimum. That's what yeah. he got. <laughs> <laughs> Not like it's like, hey, back up the truck for the the legal least amount you could pay me. Um, I, I do worry, like, that we get the other Dwight showing that he's still got it. Yeah. I don't know. He's so lame. He's so lame. Yeah. He's so lame. Oh man. Uh, I was also bummed. I thought that they were the Lakers were gonna. It seemed like the Lakers were gonna sign Marcus Ole, mm-hmm. which I would have liked. Get his ass out of Toronto, please. Um, oh, right. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully that is still still to come. But uh, yeah. Chris Chris Dunn just signed with the Atlanta Hawks. Two years, ten million. I'll be breaking that news all podcasters say now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, Chris Dunn, who I don't know, I that to me doesn't pass the eye test. Everybody I like I like Chris Dunn. Like. Any any zero offense, all defense. If it, if the defense is that good, and it is, that's my kind of player. Guy who do you think the defense is that good? When I watch yeah. him, I don't I don't get that. Yeah, I don't he's get a that vibe. he's a monster. He's a monster uh, as like a guard defender, and I, I love those guys. I was, that's kind of what I wanted Josh to be. And Josh was, Josh was a fine player. He didn't fit here. He, I think he's probably going to pop more in Dallas, and he certainly was was a better player in Miami with a little bit more role or system or whatever it is. But defensively, I really wanted him to like be an absolute like monster, and he was fine. He wasn't obviously he wasn't a liability. There were a couple times where it got weird. But I, I wanted him to be more of like a, you know, that Drew Holiday, uh, I guess it was rookie or second year Drew Holiday where he locked up Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what I wanted it to be. And it kind of never well, was. 
I, I think we are the victims of seeing him every game rather than only mm-hmm. occasionally. And he is one of those players that always looks like he's trying very hard. So when he's going against your team, I think you sort of get the impression that he's, I think he's always trying hard and defense, especially for guards and wings. If they look like they're trying hard, they seem better than they are. I, I, it is a perfect way to describe him that he was inconsistent. I think he would have great defensive games where it would look like he's the guy that you're talking about. And then he would have games where he was completely clueless, actually. It it didn't seem like he was, we expected a nine and he was always a six and a half. I thought some days we got a nine and then other days we got a three. Uh, He was pretty inconsistent. So I will say back to, back to Dwight, I will say that there's, there's some value to me because they haven't had any guy who would just like clean up shit and, rise over and dunk dunk it over people mm-hmm. in, a, in a while basically since i guess Rashawn probably mm-hmm. um and too often guys go i mean horford went up no one went up softer than horford for most of the season um and so it'll be ni- it'll be nice to just be like easy buckets is something that this team had just has not had much enough of <laughs> and so hopefully we can just be like he gobbles up offensive rebounds and put it back and just like i don't want him <laughs> he shouldn't be allowed to talk he shouldn't be allowed to dribble like we should have, there should be more restrictions. I need, I need the LeBron rules to apply here. Um, before we get to, I wanted to go over the available free agents that are left and uh, and get your sort of thought. A before we do that though, a big, big payday for two former Hinky guys. I want to give a congratulations to Jeremy Grant, yeah, who signed the Hinky special, which you know everybody thought was so shameful is now getting paid $20 million a year. To be is, like kind of – I mean I have no no one has any idea what Detroit is doing. They no. have 18 centers. One of them is Julia Logafor. Um, they Sounds still, familiar. They still have Jake – they still have Blake Griffin. Jeremy, Jeremy, the report is that Denver offered the same amount, three years, $60 million, to stay in Denver. Um, and Detroit offered him more of a role to play in the offense, which I get. I mean – Especially, I think Jeremy probably is like, my speculation is that he just didn't want to be the like do everything guy around Michael Porter Jr. who just gets to kind of do whatever the fuck he wants. That's my, I mean, I know my agenda is coming through of, here. Yeah, but like, of course, that's what you think. But I mean, like Denver really, they had, they have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. and Nicole Jokic who are all, I think Jokic's defense is actually okay, but they're all like pretty below average defensive players. And in Michael Porter Jr.'s case, like very below average. And so they're like, hey, Jeremy, you uh, you do the rest. And it's just like, well, fuck that. Like, I want to go – I don't want to – like, at a workplace where I'm asked to clean up all the messes, like, take me somewhere else. I want to go play some ball. And so I hope – I'm Jeremy kind of betting on himself, kind of just going to uh, get his shots up. I respect it. Well, maybe, maybe he just had so much trouble breathing in Denver. <laughs> You'll, we'll never know if that was the thing. Actually, before, before Spe- speaking of agendas, yeah, no, come on, I'm just being honest. That's the way that it is. Before we, before we actually get to the other free agents, um, want to talk about our sponsor, Cornblow and Cornblow. Adam Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Now we know Cornblow and Cornblow, the premier boutique personal injury law firm, but we got a couple of, we always have our listeners reaching out to Corbin Blau with other legal issues as well. And we got a couple of great emails. Uh, 
Hey guys, Greg in Lancaster here. I'm the guy who had Eliza Hardy Jones's album pick, The Innocence Mission, play at his wedding, and the guy who is still willing to get the RTRS tattoo that never happened at the Mike Scott Live Ricky. Recently, I reached out to Kornblau with an issue that I knew wasn't one of his go-to things, but I didn't know who else to contact. The lease on my car was up in February, and I bought the car out. After paying for the car in full, the financing company charged me uh, for my next car payment. Fast forward eight months and many phone calls later, I still hadn't gotten my refund. Note, this was only like 300 bucks, but I'm the parent of a toddler. A dude's got to pay for daycare and diapers. Unsure of what to do, I reached out to Kornblau and told him what was going on. He got back to me via email very quickly and had me call him. He walked me through what I needed to do to gather evidence of all my phone calls to the leasing company over the last eight months. Long story short, Kornblau got him his money. Uh, and Kornblau takes nothing out of it. And then we got another email from Chris, whose girlfriend's mom was having trouble with a crazy landlord, got to Kornblau, Kornblau helped them out. Look, he's he wants the right thing for you. That's what Kornblau does. So if that's a personal injury lawsuit, if you're in a, a car accident, medical malpractice, injured at work, slip and fall, all that stuff, he's the guy. His entire law firm has been doing this for 40 years. His parents started the law firm. He runs it with his mom now. He's great. But if you need a lawyer for anything else, if you're one of our community, he's going to help you because he wants the right thing for you and he wants the right thing to happen. Um, he's passionate about what he does. He is a very small person uh, with a very big brain and an even bigger heart. Uh, that is Cornblow. If you think you might have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email like everybody does. It doesn't cost you anything. 215-576-7200. Don't worry. Uh, he can go to you. You can go to him. You can do it virtually, whatever, or email cornblau at cornblau and cornblau.com. Cornblau spelled with a K. The rest, uh, or no, the and is spelled out A and D, and the rest is also with K's. <laughs> cornblau and cornblau, the official law firm of the process. All right. Sixers, as you mentioned, two roster spots available. Let me throw out. Wait, we didn't talk about Christian Wood. Oh yeah, uh, right. The other uh, right. I only mentioned the one sixer with a payday. Christian Wood, three years, forty-one million. Where did God he go? Him. Houston. Houston. I was. He's, I mean, he's possibly saving the franchise if they. Because I think, I don't know. I think they're not rushing to trade James Harden. I think that. Do you, people were saying, well, now that we got Dwight, the uh, Harden is even less likely. But I, I think it was pretty unlikely to begin with after the moves that have been made. Well, they could um, just cut the white. Like I, I don't even if if, if for sure. But yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't like go out and sign him if they think if they're if Daryl knows that there's ugliness there, and and he thought that there was a good chance of us getting him. You know, I, I maybe yeah maybe he thinks it's not. I but I don't think it precludes anything. I, I think no no. I yes, mean it just I, it, it leans it leans further that way. Yeah, it, at least right now. He's like, well, this isn't happening right now. I might as well do this and, and take advantage of it. Uh, yeah. And I think Dwight on a minimum contract is obviously pretty tradable as well. Um, True. Yeah. So, but, the, but, but Jeremy and Christian Wood making a lot of money. Again, we were right. Okafor making very little money. Again, we were right. Yeah. Uh, the I would also add... Portland trading first rounders for Covington to go two first save the fran- Yeah. Yeah. To basically go save the franchise there. Just possibly missing piece, Robert Covington. I mean, it's very exciting. It's very exciting for us. A lot of rightness. A lot of rightness. Now, mm-hmm. I never said, I always said Christian Wood wasn't good. So I yeah. was not particularly right. No, and, I'll, I'll let you jump in. And, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, we all have our, I, I think as a, as a, as a group, we were right. Mm-hmm. I, 
KOC wrote this long Christian Wood article and I texted him and I was like, dude, that guy is a dog in the bad way. I was like 13th grader. He's going to suck on a good team. And I still don't believe in Christian Wood, but I'm glad well, he, he got I mean, paid. He, he, there was a, I think Kevin O'Connor talked to him and there, there was like, he, he has been like, the reason I liked him at UNLV is because like long wingspan, bouncy, mm -hmm. like untapped potential if he got his body, body right. Cause he was a little bit, he like was out of shape. And a little bit fat. You can tell by the and, arms. Definitely. And yeah, it was yeah. definitely there were smokers' arms definitely for a little mm -hmm. bit there. And he it was a while. Like he didn't he yeah. wasn't working out. Like it was bad. And I think he reported that he he got cut from his team. I, I think it was in China. Yes. And he once that happened, he was like, it was a wake up call and he like got himself right and took the time to get there and blew up in Detroit last year. Um and now he's making a bunch of money. Like that's and to be basically the starting center for the James Harden Rockets, and he's a dynamic player, and he's he works his ass off on both ends now. Like he's you know has has still room to improve and stuff. But like, it's exciting. It's exciting when guys like have potential, and then even if it takes a few years, like to realize it. Yeah. And that is why once again, I've never been wrong about anyone. I just haven't, haven't been right been yet. Right yet. <laughs> Joe Alexander is succeeding overseas. And if he so chooses to come back to the States, he would be a very serviceable player. Come back, Joe. Well, I would. Yeah, because there's a lot of people saying, well, he couldn't get off the, you know, the bench for Brett and blah, 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 blah. I, it's, it's probably possible that he was was necessary for him to fail to to go, like you're saying, getting cut in China, it was necessary for him to fail to realize what he was doing wrong. I, I don't think that it means they could have just kept him here, you know, bouncing between the G League and the Sixers, and he would have ended up like this. He, he probably needed the, you know, the reality check of what ended up happening to become what he's become. And we'll see what he becomes. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's two paths, right? There's the, um, there's the uh, what's his fuck who was on the Heat and now he's on the Trailblazers. Um, Derek Jones. No, no, no. The center. Oh, in it. Wait, who? Say it again. The the who guy, was on the Heat. Yeah, he was on the Heat and now he's on the Blazers. Um, uh, he was a problem and the the Heat got him and he signed. Oh, Whiteside. Whiteside. There's you know there's the guys that figure it out and get paid and then go back. To whatever they were and then there's the guys that figure out get paid and keep getting paid and i for his sake i hope he's the uh he's the the latter not the former yeah for sure he also had COVID at the beginning of this he was kind of like the in that second after gobert got it oh really oh yeah, that, yeah that's right he had it, he, yeah because and then he played against because the sixers he played, against us. played the yeah. last yeah the last game i think that was the last game before it shut down mm -hmm. there it was like the the um the jazz game was a jazz thunder yeah, the Jazz mm -hmm. Thunder game got canceled. They were like, go home, get out of here. And it was like the third quarter of Sixers Pistons. And it's like, what's going on? Why are we still finishing this game? And yeah. they're like, yeah, we may as well finish. We're already here. It was very, very, what a weird time that was. Yeah. Still never revealed who on the Sixers had it. I, I, the only confirmation I ever got is one person who definitely didn't, but that was that was it. Still, never mm. know who got it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's another thing that Christian Wood hasn't he hasn't played since then. At least, oh, right. there's so many there's yeah. so many strange things. It's been in this long layoff for especially a ton of teams that uh, bad teams. that didn't play in the bubble, and also guys who just didn't who opted out. Um, 
and also like the draft prospects of knowing mm-hmm. like who has worked on their game, like who has really like who's going to come back this season and all of a sudden like be like, hey, I can shoot or like, hey, I put on 20 pounds of muscle. Like what it's very odd. It's and they're going into free agency like mm-hmm. without knowing this. And I guess you could like ask around and stuff. But these, you know, these evaluators, whether it's draft or free agency or other or whatever or trade, it's like you, there's so much stuff you just don't know. I mean, like somebody definitely got fat. Somebody got like really oh, yeah. fat over this over this break. And I'm who the who knows? And then there's not much of an off season. You know, if they were like, all right, I'll wait to see who I sign. Now he's ramping up in the next three four weeks to be like, okay, basketball season. <laughs> Let me uh, shed this tubbiness. It's a uh, it's very odd. We're living through a very strange time. To your to your point about the oddness, for for some players, it seems like they just played, and then for a whole host of other players, probably more players, they haven't played since March. It's that's a, such a long time. You know, yeah. we're talking about nine months, ten months, whatever it is. Wild. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see who got fat. I hope it's somebody really surprising who got fat. <laughs> I would love to see if Jeremy Grant got fat. All right. The Sixers with a roster spot available. Here's, you know, who is still available. Some of these more possible than others. Dario, still out there. Not what they need. Wouldn't hurt is where I I put him. He's a restricted free agent. Curious to see where he ends up. I think think if, if there was a Mike Scott and maybe Mike Scott and Zaire, Mike Scott and Terrence Ferguson type trade for uh, maybe a um, like a quick penetrating guard type of thing. Then you can then go go and sign Dario. But without that, I think that there's there's other more mm-hmm. pressing issues of need. Although I would love to have Dario back. Yeah, uh, Fred Van Vliet. Show it, show it, Joel. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, who I think would be awesome here, is obviously uh, going to get much more money and would take some sort of creative sign and trade. Uh, yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovic, if you're going to sign him for anything of note, it would be a sign and trade as well. He would be super helpful here. He would be a, a good player here. I the, the guy that you don't like him. Oh no! I mean, you're just you're 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 in the upper echelon right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, we're deep, going I'm deep down in the Sixers yeah. Adam free agency rankings. Yeah. So, where he did not rank Dwight Howard, which is very funny. Which is funny. You're the only guy, pretty much. KCP does not provide what they need, but would be useful. And I'm I'm curious what the market for somebody like him is. He'll probably just end up back on the Lakers, I would guess. But he's an unrestricted free agent. He made twenty million dollars. He's not worth twenty million dollars. He's probably like a eight million dollar a year player. Uh, he played. I would, he. I think he made himself some money playing in the bubble in the finals and on the yeah. championship run. I think that. I think that he'll get like. I mean. Marcus Morris got like what four sixty four, I think. If Marcus Morris getting that much money, KCP can get that much money. Um, I would I would guess it's closer to the 50, to the fifteen million range than than the eight million hmm. range. Jay Crowder, who I think is generally infuriating when you watch and not as good as you think, would yeah, be helpful. Had, had a hell, had a hell of a run there in Miami though. He, he did, but he he shot at a clip that he cannot shoot yeah. at. I think that's the difference. It feels like he'll probably just end up back in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Langston Galloway. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, see, he's been a he's been an almost sixer in in our so world for a long time. Yeah, three and D guard out of St. Joe's. Uh, he, he's he'd be great. I mean, yeah, be totally totally fine. Shabazz Napier, I don't like actually, but he's he's available. DJ Augustine is the guy that people have mentioned a lot, who I think yep. would be 
perfect in terms of like he's the the same kind of guy we can't stop who ends up scoring a bunch of points on us every time mm-hmm. who can get to the rim who can also shoot who mm-hmm. is he's like good i actually think dj augustine through his entire career has been underrated and i would like to have dj augustine yeah i, think he'd be perfect. I would love i would love dj augustine i think he would shoot 31 percent from three mm-hmm. here because that's how it goes um, yeah, my ideal offseason right now is trading for Ferguson for Cornette, signing Augustine at the mid-level, and finding some like big-bodied defensive wing uh, at the minimum. That's that's where I'm at with this. I think that they're a little bit thin on like sort of switchy three fours. You know, it's pretty much just Ben. And if you if you think Tobias Matisse needs to put on weight, we'll see about Zaire. Like they just need Dan, Danny's Danny a little bit. Um, but I would, I would like one more, like, you know, just give me someone with like a, a largish, I mean, I'm not going to say Wilson Chandler because I don't think he is alive, but like somebody in that vein, Justin mm-hmm. Anderson, Tory Craig, although I think they'll probably send him Denver, probably keep him, you know, like I, even like Andre Robertson is just a, you know, defensive, you know, specialist sort of like a, a left, a weird lefty reliever with an odd delivery. Um, so even like Jakar, if we want a homecoming there, like that's, I need like any one guy who's just like a big body that is like <laughs> capable of like banging a little bit with like, not doesn't have to be this person, but like Lebr- a LeBron type. I need, I need someone that can at least switch on him because, because Ben is really the only one right now. And so I would like, I think that, that if Ben, if Ben would get hurt and he's coming off injury, then they're really, really thin in that in that department. That's that's what I'm looking for. Let me tell you that whole rap was very Mike in that mm-hmm. you you got Zaire in there again. Who knows about that's Zaire? Right. And then right. we need a LeBron type at the league. <laughs> oh no, I mean to cover LeBron type to <laughs> to just like be able to just absorb contact. I mean that's well, the whole thing. It's like I think I'm looking at you know you, some of these some of these signings that you're seeing in are in that like 15. 18, like 11, those kinds of, and it seems like Wes Matthews just got the minimum from the Lakers. Yeah. And it's, I think the thing that Daryl, we talked about this before, but like Daryl, that the most undervalued, the, the best way to recoup value is to sign a legitimate star to a max contract where they'll be undervalued and then a bunch of minimums. And it's either like basically it's like stars and scrubs. And so in that middle where you're like, hey, we're paying, I don't know. I like Joe Harris, but we're paying Joe Harris four seventy-five. I think it was. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money for Joe Harris. Let me tell you, uh, I'd rather give Joe Harris four seventy-five than Jeremy three sixty. To be honest with you, really? Yeah, I think Joe Harris is awesome. I like. I love Joe Harris. It's just yeah. a matter of like some guys become a oh, that's a guy that you can get at the minimum. Yeah, type yeah, of yeah, guy. Yeah. Alec Burks just got one year six million, five million, six million from the Knicks. Um, like there's those cheap guys and then there's for some reason guys that still have a reputation. So I don't know. So I I do think that there will be large bodied Wilson Chandler shaped men available at the minimum for them to get just as like an insurance policy in case Ben goes down to just absorb some contact. That's what I'm looking for. But then, yeah, I mean, other guys that you mentioned, I would love I would love a Chris Chioza. Maybe not. Maybe not a guy you've watched much, but uh, went to Florida Played good ball at uh, for the Wizards. Quick, has balls. That's a that's an exciting. I mean, I also I also wouldn't mind Neto coming back. I know that would disappoint some people. I wouldn't He's mind fine. your boy Tyler Tyler Johnson if you wanted to bring him back. I like a lefty at least. 
And then we're into the Shaq Harrison territory where a guy that is, again, not much of an offensive player, but is an absolute monster uh, on D. Well, we've and we've mentioned we've mentioned Austin Rivers. You didn't want. I did. I like Austin Rivers. Um, we have now that we have we have Dwight. We have Seth Curry, who is his father-in-law is the coach. Enough. Give me some regular nonpartisan people. We can't. This is getting this is becoming too much like a Thanksgiving dinner. And I don't want it to be. This needs to be a cohesive unit. Right. Especially now, because there's more than 10 people on the Sixers roster and your Thanksgiving must have fewer than 10 people. Um, Jeff Teague is available, but he must be cooked. I haven't seen him play consistently in four years. He's probably fine, right? I don't know. Yeah. And Reggie Jackson? No. No? Not a fan. Okay. Not a fan. That would be in that would be in the in the bad Thanksgiving dinner department as well. Not even at, um, not even at the uh, not even for like four million dollars or something. No. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think that. I think there's just these guys. I'd rather have more. Okay. I, I don't. I don't think he's a he's a he's a great find. I would. And I you know depending on what shakes out, I would like a I would like one of the stretch fives. I think Frank Kaminsky would be fine, just mm-hmm. as a because he can he can shoot and he's not a total stiff on defense. Uh, Jeff Green, if he doesn't re-sign with Houston, although he might get a little bit more money, would be totally fine as a small ball stretch five. Anthony Tolliver, maybe. These are all guys listed in Adam's very great uh, free agency report. The number on one most viewed, uh, the number one most viewed written piece on the Ricky website of all time, officially wow. yesterday. Good for Adam. Congratulations, to Adam. And he, and he fucked it up right away. Yeah, like, I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, 10,000 words and he got it all wrong. <laughs> how could he not it's even mention it right now? Even like Kent Bazemore, I, I don't know how much he's going to get, but if they if they use the MLE on him, that'd be interesting. There's guys, to, there's like guys, there's there's guys. And I think that the Sixers are not right now a deep team, Mm-mm. but like, okay. And they're shooting on in the starting lineup and, and on the bench. There's like, I, I sort of think that Seth is going to be a... Uh, a sixth man. What do you think about that? Do you think they're going to end up starting him? I don't know. I, I I really think it depends on whether whether Milton starts. I think if Milton right. doesn't start, then Seth Curry starts. Well, I think it's it's either or. It's I, one of those guys. I, I think you know it is really a. They've gotten to a point. The two things they were missing, right, were per, the most were perimeter creation and shooting. Now the thing that they're missing the most is perimeter creation. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Shake is better at that than Seth Curry. But I do think Seth, what Seth Curry does will provide such an enormous boost to Simmons and Embiid that every minute that you're not playing him with those guys, you are not optimizing those guys. So yeah. long story short, I think Seth Curry's going to start. Maybe I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily hate. It. I like the idea of having a a juice guy off the bench in the way that mm-hmm. you know Doc used uh, Lou and Montrez mm-hmm. uh, with Clippers. But but uh, Milton could be juice guy off the bench. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I it just yeah. It's interesting. I think Seth has mostly been a bench player his career, <laughs> although he he started a lot <laughs> alongside Luca last year. One of the best catch and shoot guys in the league. That's what you want alongside Simmons. Um, they always do the thing where it'll be the first, you know. I guess I'm, th- I'm thinking about Brett. I wonder how Doc will do it. But Joe, the, the starting lineup plays the first, you know, five minutes together, mm-hmm. 
Joel sits for four minutes and then becomes mm-hmm. like Ben's team with like the guys he needs to be around him. It's interesting. So I'm, I'd be interested to find out uh, how how it shakes out. But I like the idea, and it feels like we haven't had one of these guys of having a a sixth man that comes in and has to be like really accounted for. And especially if mm-hmm. he comes in alongside Matisse, and all of a sudden it's like on on one side you have this one of the best shooters in the league, and on the other side you have one of the longest and and most disruptive uh, defensive players in the league. You know, the the more I think about it, the more I think it's well. We we have to see who else they get. Maybe they get another creator. Yeah. Uh, but if they don't, the more I think about it, the more I think it's Milton because I think you could say that Shake Milton is more similar to the Lou Williams type than Seth Curry is because Shake Milton can create his own shot and he is a good shooter but not you know crazy shooter most of what Seth Curry is going to do is going to come from actions from other guys so you know they could even do the thing where they start Curry and Jeff Green and you know Danny Green yeah and you know and Ben is primary ball handler as he was you know yeah so I think Dan, I think Danny Tobias, Ben and Embiid are locked in to starters. And it's just a matter of do you want Shake as a mm-hmm. longer defensive player starting out? Um, if he's put on some weight, hopefully he has. Uh, with and with running him some pick and roll actions with Ben or Joel or whatever, or do you want Seth starting and just having like those kinds of nuclear actions with like, you know, dribble handoffs and all that stuff that that Joel likes to run. It just it just depends. I think they'll probably mix it in. You know, before um, oh go ahead. No good. Uh, before we talk about a an important Sixers anniversary, we're going to talk about the guy you need to go to before your anniversary. Wow. Come on, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Uh, the Sixers anniversary coming up in a second. LL right now. LL just fucking humming along, man. I'm along helping people get married. I always say, you know, the holidays are coming up. You get. Uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, and you know you might think it's cliche to get propo- to propose during one of the holidays. I think it's awesome. People love getting proposed to. That's that's my opinion. I, there's not a ton of people who uh, who get proposed to and are like, oh no, you did it during the holidays. LL is your guy. Look, if you're going to get engaged, LL is your guy. Two hundred two writes to Ricky Sanchez. Listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL Pavorsky. Or if you're just looking for a Christmas present, if you're looking for a, a I don't know, you're way in advance. You're looking for a Valentine's present, anniversary present. LL, even if you just want to be nice, that's another good reason for a present. LL is your guy. He is the only jeweler I know that isn't going to pressure the shit out of you. He's the only jeweler I know who's going to be honest with you. And he's the only jeweler I know who tweets about the Sixers just incessantly uh, and knows about our anniversaries more than we even do. He's been there for 32 years, same spot. He's with the original sponsor of the Ricky and is a, uh, a truly good man. 215-627-2252. 215-627-2252. All in-store apartment appointments are done. All in-store uh, you know, stuff is done by appointment only. So you'll be the only person in there so they can sanitize in between each one. Um, Lee at LLPavorsky.com if you don't want to call him, if you hate the phone. The store is at 707 Walnut. You can actually tweet him at LLPavorsky. As I mentioned, he's very, very active. And uh, if you don't feel like coming in the store, you can handle it all online as well. Always supports our charities, Providence Animal Center, coded by kids. And uh, as I said, good guy and total whack job. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. 
This holiday season, use the full mid-level exception on your jeweler. Hey, it's Spike. Yo, yo, it's Mootloo. There's a new Ricky podcast. It's called the Carl Landry Record Club. It's a podcast for you to discover music. And there is a new episode out right now. We talked to Delco's own Devin Gilfillian. And we also discussed three really cool albums, Jack's Mannequins, Everything in Transit, the self-titled album uh, by the Dead 60s, and Faye Webster's Atlanta Millionaires Club. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I hate when people say that stuff. Of course, that's where you subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go to carlandryrecordclub.com. It's a podcast for you to discover music from the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Uh, all right, here we go. One year anniversary yesterday of the Ben Simmons first regular season three-pointer against the New York Knicks. Do you remember where you were when that shot happened? No, I barely even remember the shot. Oh, really? Honestly. Really? Is that true? I remember the I remember the uh, Guangdong Long Lions more. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I do remember that one because I saw I saw that one live. I was actually in the car for the next one. I was driving it. I'm not looking at a calendar. But my guess is it was on a Wednesday night because I believe I was heading home from Right Streaky Radio with Gilio, um, which would have meant I was in the car for the first half hour because I think that the shot was in the first quarter. So, you know, there you go. One of the most historic shots. I do remember the Long Lion shot as well. Uh, do you want any early over-unders on Ben Simmons' three-pointers in the 2021 I no season? Idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. It'll be what it is, and we will adjust accordingly. I hope right. he shoots. We've been saying this for a while. I think, yeah. I mean, the assumption you have to make is that he doesn't. The assumption right. you have to make is that no. this is who he is. Everyone's talking about him as Jason Kidd, and maybe possibly, but like, there's just never really been a situation where this has happened. I mean, I guess there's, you know, you have to look at like centers, right? That have, you know, Marcus Soul or something like that, like guys who, live their careers started in like whatever 05 to 2012 mm -hmm. or something and then as this you know whatever revolution of like you needing more space and big shooting and stuff came in they became a serviceable play like brooke lopez like th that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but even mm -hmm. those guys had like serviceable mid-range jumpers um i think the assumption is he just uh, to you know write my brain is that it's like just probably won't happen and there's never going to be real reason for it. Um, it's just that's this is who he is. That'd be my assumption. Yeah, I, I think honestly, I think it is fine. But I do I do. And I, I think you would probably agree. I do push back on the notion that like he in his head, if that's what he's going to be, what he is he in his head is going to have to redefine who he thinks he is as a player, not in terms of quality of player, but in terms of what he should be doing in the game. And like this battle about you, you really can't be the primary ball handler of a team if you're not going to shoot uh, and, or get to the line at just an obscene amount. And, um, you know, they did it for all of one game in the, in the bubble the bubble preview series, not even in the real bubble. And it looked great, you know, with him sort of doing that 
elbow stuff, you know, that, um, the, the, get the ball there and, and do it like a, a real four does the stuff that Bam Adebayo does, but he's, he's just going to have to re rethink who he is. And if he does that, I think he's perfectly capable of being a really, really effective, um, NBA player, a really, really good NBA player without shooting. If he doesn't do it, I think he's always going to be a, a really good player who at the same time is a hindrance uh, in in reaching, you know, the ultimate goal of winning a championship. And we'll see what happens, you know. Um, I think the – and it's, it's like it's a lot of things. It's not just the three-pointer. It is getting to the line, you know, eight or ten times a game. hundred percent. You know, so – and and the, the most important thing about him shooting from the perimeter is it gives him the ability to create – you know, on the perimeter, a lot easier than if he doesn't shoot. And he's, yeah. you know, so we'll see. Uh, sure. Bunch of good mailbag questions. Oh, what Wait, were you going to say? What? We got to get to the, the two-way situation. Oh, right. Because oh, right. that is the most important thing. Right. Uh, and a couple uh, wavings. Uh-huh. Norvell Pell yep. has been waved uh, from a regular roster spot. Mariel Shayok has been waved from a two-way. Um, Norvell was a bouncy and fun great dude weirdo yeah um and i'm glad he got a shot and he seemed really likable and stuff but it just seemed like he was already like 27 yep. or 28 or something like that there's not a ton of upside there um and shayak was a guy that i never really liked um who shot well in the g league but looks pretty slow and unable to do much uh, on the defensive end in the nba but no he's one of your guys so i'll give you this moment too you know, mourn well, his loss. I used the phrase, I, I realized on Twitter when I talked about Shayak that not everyone understands when I call someone a 13th grader. A 13th, 13th grade is an insult to a college that isn't hard at all. So if somebody excels in like a 13th grade college, it means they're not that smart. So when I say that Shayak is a 13th grader, I mean he can dominate the G League, but in the NBA, he can't. And I think watching him at both levels really hammered that home even though he was so fucking slow like really slow in the g league it didn't matter because he he could at least get enough space like when we were at that the ricky um blue coach game he was he was unguardable i mean he it didn't it didn't matter how close anybody was to him he was a really excellent three-point shooter and you would see him get to the nba and everything just took so long to happen that it was impossible so i love Meryl Shayok, I love watching him. Don't think he was an NBA player. And uh, yeah. and Norval Pell, yeah, was fun. Seemed like a great dude. His tweet made me a little sad yesterday. It was, big, yeah. you know, like a thank you for everything sort of thing. Actually, it, yeah. He's a, like a nice guy. A genuine dude that everyone seems yeah, to Yeah, for like. sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but they bring in Dakota Mathias. Who's that? Who, there you go. So Paul Reed is, in, is probably going to be on the, the guy they just drafted at 59. 58. Is, or 58 is probably going to be the first two-way spot. A big man added to, added to Paul that's kind of somewhere in between like a weirder Rashawn meets Jeremy sort of falling down. Um, and uh, Dakota Mathias is the other one. He is a uh, two-guard combo guard out of uh, Purdue. He played alongside Carson Edwards um, at Purdue for a little bit. And they were like devastating shooters, kind of like a, you know, the Big Ten equivalent of like Steph and Clay, <laughs> like a, a little bit in that Carson Edwards with Steph and Dakota Mathias, they like moving around like multiple actions, setting screens and stuff flying around. He has a, he's like 6'4", 
Um, he had graduated a couple years before, so he played overseas for, I think, a year or two and then was in the Mavericks G League system uh, last year, I believe. And uh, he's got a he's a really, really good shooter. He shot it at every level he's been at, um, has a high release point. Um, so he can get he can get that shot off kind of whenever um, in tight spaces and stuff. He's a smart player, pretty good passer, will maybe be able to hold up a little defensively, but he's just mostly he's mainly a shooter and he's a, uh, a smart player and uh, and is a good like relocator um, off of off of movement and stuff. So I think I don't mind that's as far as like what you know there's people teams are still figuring out what exactly they want out of the two-way spot and mm-hmm. i think they actually just changed the rules to allow players to now there's no more like gaming the clock system of the two ways yeah there's just um, a certain number of games i think it's like 50 games or something yeah yeah um and so i i like the idea of one two-way guy is like a project and paul reed and that you can you know you're building him and hopefully you know hopefully he improves and develops over this year and next year he can be you know one of the primary backups to Embiid. um and the other guy being like, a, hey, if everything goes wrong, we have a shooter in-house that will know his job, do his job, know his role, like all that stuff. Um, and I'm a, like a safer bet. I think he's like 24, 25 at this point. Um, he's fine. He's totally, totally fine. Well, it's good to good to know. I saw the name and I just, instead of Googling it, I was like, I'll just wait for the pods. That's right. Like, there you go. Michael, That's no. totally fine. You're welcome. You're welcome for that. Let's uh let's get to the mailbag, uh, the Lorenzo Brown mailbag. Which, by the way, because of the new G League rules, the Lorenzo Brown mailbag, like the Lorenzo Brown Elliott Williams thing, will no longer happen. The the assigning him to Delaware, then assigning him back to uh, Philadelphia, then assigning him back to Delaware, that thing won't have to happen. So, uh, I think if, there'll be some of it. That, I think that predated the uh, the rule, the two way, the, the two way. Yeah. Huh. Uh, uh, brought to you by Kinetic Skate. A long time. Yeah, really long time, man. Really long, almost a decade. Uh, kinetic skateboarding. I always feel bad for Kinetic. Bennett Kinetic. So they get these sneakers. I'm not a sneaker guy, but they get these sneakers that very, very few stores get. And every time I see it posted on Instagram, the directions are always in caps about how to get involved in the raffle. And they always look so irritated like i know they have people sleep out for these things so they have these nike sb turduckens which are pretty awesome like i remember asking him about the dog walkers um you got to get a raffle you got to bring canned goods he's telling people remember you got to wear a mask like it's anyway kinetic has all these shoes that you're not going to get anywhere else and then like i say it's hoodie season the kinetic hoodies are sweet Tons of them, tons of clothes. And if you're going to go, uh, what's it called? Snowboarding, they're your, your home for it too. Uh, promo code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order, kineticskateboarding.com. Um, oh, man, I didn't write who this was from. Hi, guys, and Viva Lamori. Spike, I'm wondering, Mike, I'll ask you as well, obviously. I am wondering what you think the ideal playlist length is for sharing a mix of music. I tend to end up at 20 songs. It seems like enough to create a mood and also require good sequencing, but not enough to make it hopeless to listen to in one sitting. Also seems to be only two to four songs shorter than what Gen Xers remember as a mixtape. Wrong podcast. (laughs) Carl Landry Record Club. I'll bring it up to Mootloo. What I would say is... The reason I enjoyed mixtapes and when it made playlists 
much shorter is that you actually had to make decisions. You, you actually had to determine. It's like a roster, right? You can't have every player. If Mike was given a playlist of players, he would have everybody who ever played in college. But you don't have that. You only have a certain roster. So I would say if you're not making it for a specific length of a drive, I would say no longer than 90 total minutes, 45 minutes aside. That's what I would say. A uh, basketball question. On a hypothetical and bead hardened roster, who is the one? This is a great question. Who is the one current sixer who would be most important to have after the trade? After trading for Harden? Yeah. Um, ben Simmons? Probably, probably a, cheat, a cheat answer, probably. That is a cheat. Let's say they trade Simmons. Um, I mean, it, it matters a little bit less. I mean, you want good defenders, good wing defenders. You, you need, it's, I think, normal. I think it's not, a, it's not like a, oh, on this roster, this stuff is very valuable and it's, this stuff so is So who's less the one valuable. player? No, the salary cap implication is gone. Totally gone. Because you could cheat and say, well, Tobias is gone, then we have salary. Like, just player-wise. Because I think um, it's Seth Curry. <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably say Danny Green. As Over a, Seth Curry? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how much Harden's willingness to defend comes and goes. Mm -hmm. More, he does defend on ball. He sort of falls asleep and starts just getting sort of very watchy off ball. Um, and Dan, and you need guys around him that will at least, you know, make up for his mistakes and cover the tougher guy and be able to hit shots. So I, I would probably say Danny then. Hmm. I would definitely, I would say Seth Curry. And, uh, he says from a, a guy working as a hospital physician during the 2020 reckoning, thank you both for a remarkable year of podcasts and for Maury, because obviously the two of you did that as well. So thank you. And as a hospital physician during 2020. Boy, thank you. Um, this is a funny email uh, from Matt. Dear the guys at Ricky Sanchez, I was the weirdo last fall who said that this year's 76ers were basically the 2015 Eagles for three, for three reasons. They signed a star player away from our rival, DeMarco Murray from Dallas, Al Horford from Boston, a different style of play than around the league, up-tempo Chip Kelly offense for starting four power forwards, and traded our best offensive player, LaShawn McCoy, Jimmy Butler. Mike made a passing comment and was clearly disinterested after you read the email, but I was not deterred. As in the offseason, after one embarrassing season, four things happened. New front office and coach, get off bad contracts like Byron Maxwell, DeMarco Murray, trade the player we got for our best offensive player, Kiko Alonso and Jay Rich, and drafted instant contributors. I'm not saying I told you so, but can you ask the DraftKings to open up 76ers championship odds for 2022? He was right. Yeah, there's, always, there's always cross-sport futility yeah. uh, in the Philadelphia area, for sure. Um, wouldn't Yeah, that, that all makes sense. I agree. Yeah. Uh, this comes from, uh, is it J.A. or Ja? I don't know. I don't know what I wrote down. Sixers question, who are some notable lesser known? This is a, a good history lesson. Notable lesser known Sixers players throughout the process you had high hopes for and preached on to others about how good they'd be. However, they turned into busts. For example, mm. mine was Furkan Aldemir. Who are your most famous ones in, in that aspect? Well, so many of them hit. So it's so hard to even think about. <laughs> so hard to know. 
didn't think about people that that didn't. Um, it's tough because I mean, some it, it's hard to. There were guys that I was excited about, like mm -hmm. JP Tokido, as mm -hmm. as a guy who I believed in as like a, you know, very bouncy athlete that's fun in the open court. But I never thought that he was going to be like a star player or something. It's it's a matter of like when I look at second rounders. And by the way, my guy D'Anthony Melton just signed a big contract to stay in Memphis and is now, as Shams is reporting, uh, the has the highest net salary from his class, uh, which is pretty cool as a second round pick, which I like. Um, but they're, ooh, Bobby Portis to Milwaukee. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you, um, there, there's nobody that looks like he'd be more infuriating to watch on your own team than Bobby Portis. Yeah, I agree with he, that. He's annoying. Yeah. But he's very physical. Punched, punched Nikola Mirotic right in the face. Mm -hmm. um, well, I guess there is one player that is a little more annoying and he's on the Sixers now. So yeah. aside from Dwight Howard. Um, maybe KJ McDaniels. Yeah. I liked KJ McDaniels. Um, I thought that his he was a very sturdy body. Um, you watch what guys are doing now. Basically, mo like most of the three fours in Miami, um, and a couple other. I mean, like some guys in Denver. A couple of those guys that were just like, "Hey, you're big enough to absorb contact," and you have some. Like the thing about KJ is that like he. He wasn't a non-zero with a ball in his hands. Like he he was the number one guy at Clemson. And so I did think like, okay, so he's gonna take a little bit of a backseat for now. He's crazy athletic. He's physical. Um he can be just like a defensive stopper type thing. Um, but with the upside of like, hey, maybe if he, you know, keeps refining that handle and working on a shot, he could be some someday turn himself into like maybe more of a scorer type of uh, you know the three level score or something it was it would have been a a little unrealistic but it was like he'll at least be an nba player and he just wasn't like he's no. just not um, and more more remember he went to the rockets and he signed i think a three-year deal for like four million a year or something like that that's and right. just never he had a and the the thing that happened with him too because we got pretty smug about it was he the first 10 games of the year or 15 games of the year he had a pretty hot start shooting from three and it seemed like he was going to really be good, but he never he never got any better. Um, I I don't. It's hard for me to remember because I often conflate players that I just personally like versus whether I think they'll actually be good or not. Cannon is a funny one because I don't know if I think he's good or not. I just know I like him. Uh, I remember being really in on Matt Koshwal, who was never on a regular season <laughs> roster, I don't think. Not even, not even close. Yeah. Um, I I really don't remember, you know? I re obviously, Furkan was a guy that was on both of our big boards, the top 10 on both of our big boards. Cor Korkmaz. Korkmaz, yeah. What did I say? Oh, I just said Furkan, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's multiple. You got to differentiate. Yeah. TLC was also on our big boards. I don't... Yeah, but again, I mean, Luau was like... Yeah, he's fine. Turn himself into a fine playable player. Not not as good as I thought he could be, but yeah. Hmm. 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 And there is obviously the um the factor of how much the air quality in those Euroleague games are mm -hmm. versus NBA arenas. Yep. And how much air with a Darth Vader mask Cork Miles could get in an arena in wherever Turkey. Um and that he just they just don't have that level of uh air density um 
in, in the in the States. Well, I'm going to do two more questions with the hope that some Sixers signing happens now rather than right after we stop. Fair. So Ned emailed in a jigsaw. So we might as well do a, uh, a jigsaw. Do that. Uh, I love listener jigsaws. Play. I will play this game. Game we play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? All right. Ned gives you two questions. Obviously, these are both for the rest of your life, if there's any new Ricky listeners here. Option number one, you accidentally spill a medium amount of water on a stranger once per month. Number two, you accidentally drop and crack a stranger's phone screen twice a year. Oh, definitely the first one. Water every month? Oh, yeah. Not even close. Cracking a phone screen. I'm paying for that phone screen every time. Yeah. And I'm apologizing and I'm I'm saying so many things and, you know, sacrificing my life and limbs for, you know, to make up for it. Water is just like... blame somebody else can i somebody bomb me can i ask you if if i were to change this because I, I don't think he set the stakes up properly if i were to change this to a medium amount of water on a stranger once per week and a stranger's phone screen once per year would that change your yeah. answer yeah i'd probably do once a year once a year okay. is fine okay yeah and um where are we going um man i had a good one it's hard to it's hard to imagine touching a stranger right now being near Anybody other than Alyssa is very hard for me to imagine. Yeah, well, it's. So. I think it's hard, you know, that's one of the things that's crazy watching television or movies or anything where people are close to each other without freaking out about it is yeah. definitely. I mean, strange. I'm watching anything, any, anything I'm watching, and I'm just, it's, you know, The Sopranos. I'm like, wait, they're not wearing a mask. It's like, it's, I'm, my brain is fully broken. It is over. It's never coming back. Uh, speaking of, uh. never coming back. Mm. Raul Neto uh, signs with uh, Andrew Sharp's Wizards. Oh boy, would you trade Tobias for John Wall? No. No. Okay. Um, all right. Last question. Uh, this or he's got a basket. Will has a basketball and a non-basketball question. Basketball question. Just Spike and Mike. After seeing Miami's success, it reminds me of how many, how few teams continually have a proven record of getting big-time free agents. Even more so in the NFL, many NBA teams have a problem holding on to their stars. It seems like a no-brainer to me that the NBA should offer comp picks to teams who lose max-level contract players. Maybe a pick swap in the next five years with the team the player went to. I've never heard anybody talk about this. Um, obviously the, the, the fix for this that most people offer, which would help fix it is no individual salary maxes, but a hard cap would, would sort of change this whole thing. And then no draft if they want. What do you think of the compensatory pick thing? I like the idea of a compensatory pick and they they do it in baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there should be some, it'd have to figure out like, I don't know if it's like an arbiter or something of how, how much value this person has. Maybe it's like if they're an all-star or something, if an all-star leaves via free agency or something, the team that gets him, mm-hmm. you have the option to pick swap in, you know, three years or yeah. something like two or like two years or something. That, that sounds like a, a reasonable thing. There should be like some small market teams are small market because 
their owners are cheap and there's plenty of big market teams also also with cheap owners but um some it's just like and some do a bad job of surrounding that player with like good players so that you know they are they're blowing their prime and stuff so mm-hmm. it's it's not not every not every time a small market uh superstar leaves is like a tragic mm-hmm. story sometimes they're just like i want to get the fuck out of here this place sucks um but sometimes it is um and i think that there should be some option some like compensation that isn't just and now you can tank which they would probably anyway but at least it's a little bit a little bit more by the way i mean we all love hinky and we're all big fans of the first three four three years of this it was a lot of fun the number of draft picks that the fucking Oklahoma City Thunder have acquired for the future is they could field two teams. I've it it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. I you have to imagine they're gonna end up trading for somebody with them. They can't use all the picks. But it is yeah. man, I feel like we have to keep following them in honor of how this podcast was built. Mike Muscala, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the the I it is very easy, and it was when Hinky did it, to not give a shit about the current season or the next season or whatever, and just say, like, I'm just gonna milk teams for picks. I'll take on salary, I'll take on Al Horford, I'll take on these plenty of teams around the league, and just like I'm gonna load up on picks. And he's doing it, he's doing it to the Sam Press, he's doing it to like the nth degree in a way that Hinky didn't. I would say, you know, the backlash to Hinky was probably a lot more than Sam Presti's getting. Sam Presti's getting, like, plaudits for it, whereas Hinky was, you know, embarrassment to the game from a lot of people. Well, but but one um, thing that Presti is able to do is they have not been bad yet. That's true. But, I mean, yeah. But, they, yeah. I guess that's right. Yeah. Hinky started trading those pieces off at that first deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they were already bad. Yeah. The difference for me is Oklahoma City started from a place of we have all these guys. We don't think that they're going to hit their, you know, we're, th- this is no longer going to be a contending team. Although this team that surprised a lot of people this year and thanks to Mike Muscala gave us Tyrese Maxey. Um, but they had so much more uh in the coffers, you know, like so many, like these, the guys that are there are significantly more talented and tradable for uh, value than the 2012, 2013 Sixers mm-hmm. were. They, the six, those Sixers had Drew and fucking nothing. Like Evan Turner went for two picks. Obviously, Indiana was very you know, whatever, Chris Palmer, whoever said it, said that Indiana is now like a contender because they have Evan Turner. Um, don't tweet things. We'll, we won't forget. Uh, Spencer Hawes went, I mean, they started and they started acquiring. So there was never like, you know, trading Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, aside from Drew, would have been the best player on that team, on that Sixers team. You know, like the, yeah. the, the, the Thunder starting from a way higher place than, it is amazing. than those very mediocre Sixers were. It is amazing what he ended up getting Russell Westbrook for, and then one year later, what Russell Westbrook's value is, what he got, um, what he and got. That is for alarming. Paul- I would say, just the Westbrook thing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, for Daryl, like, 
That yeah. was a horrible trade. Like, that was a horrible, well, but, horrible trade. I know so, that there's reports that it wasn't him. There's reports yeah. that it was the owner and that Harden wanted it and blah, blah, blah. And they were now on a pinch to trade Chris Paul because him and Harden weren't getting along anymore. Like, of course. But that was a horrible trade. And we have to be able to call that out for what it is because the the Rockets were worse. And then the guys that they traded became better. Like, if you trade Russell Westbrook for – if you acquire Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul and a fuckload of picks and then a year later – that team would not trade you Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul back. That sucks. Like you fucked up. You made a, you did a bad job. And so Daryl is a guy we like and we trust. And it is, you know, exciting to see him unfuck the Sixers in some in pretty easy ways, honestly, so far. And Tyrese Maxey falling to us at 21 is a is a quite a gift. Um and we both and I feel good about where the Sixers are and are going, but like Daryl Morey is not like Un, uncriticizable. Like there's no, been, but nobody there's been a lot of there's been a lot of misses, and and one very very recently. What I would what I would say about the report because it was it was Tim McMahon who's pretty plugged in who said it was it was um, Fertitta or Fertito as Kendrick Perkins says and Harden who wanted it is that McMahon has no benefit. At that point, considering that he is still covering that team to protect Daryl Morey in any way, it's just why I tend to believe it. Um, and you sort of wonder. If, certainly, certainly, I want to believe it. Yeah, and you certainly also. I wonder if that trade was just sort of the moment that he was like, "Well, I'm not going to be here after this year." <laughs> Ma- Magic Johnson face. Yeah. So, and then non-basketball question from Will. <laughs> I feel like I know your answer to this one. At what point did you guys feel like you actually started to get decent at podcasting? <clears throat> Can you point to a particular Sixers event, interview, or episode where you really could tell that your skills had grown from where you first started? I have no idea. What would you I say? Mean, what, what, what do you think I was going to say? Well, I don't know that we've got – I don't know if I remember <clears> – <throat> excuse me, I'm sorry – the, the time when I cut out my coughs. I don't know that I remember when I said, oh, we're good at this now. I do remember specific events when I realized that the podcast was popular, that, that I hadn't really ever considered. But I don't think, I don't, I would say this, that during the COVID NBA stoppage, the fact that we were able to do two podcasts a week and still have people in on it and thank us so much was an example to me that we're good at it. That, that was, that's it. There are, there are several moments where things happen with the pod and I was like, wow, I can't believe how many people listen. This is really cool. It's really neat. But I would say that the COVID stop, uh, and the fact that our podcasts were like 25% longer during that was an example to me that we're good at it. You don't have anything. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I remember, doing the hinky interview uh in 2013 and making a joke about ricky sanchez and hinky getting it right and being like okay this is this is what it is Uh, and i think i think us coinciding with this podcast coinciding at at least at the beginning with uh Mm -hmm. hinky getting here and tearing it down um was very a fortuitous uh, timing thing. I think if we had started this podcast in like 2010, it would have been like, I don't know. Yeah. They what are we doing? This, for? this is stupid. Yeah. yeah. It would have been like starting a Sixers podcast last year. 
honestly. Yeah. Uh, and if, if you've never listened oh, to it. DJ Augustine, th- three years, 21 million in Milwaukee. Ah, hmm. hmm. That's helpful for them, actually. That's good for them. They didn't get bogged down, but that's a, a good signing for them. Fuck. I would, I would Is say- Is he going to start for them? Uh, well, they haven't traded George Hill yet, right? No, George Hill's gone. George Hill has, oh, is in uh, New Orleans. Oh, I didn't know. No, George oh, right. Hill's he New Orleans the, and then part of the Stephen Adams trade. Oklahoma. Oh, right. George Hill's in Oklahoma City. It's going right. to be George Hill, Al Horford, pick and rolls. So is it, no, well, so it's, no, it's Drew Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and then who's the fifth? I think it'd be, I mean, it could be Dante DiVincenzo if they don't trade him. Yeah. But I think they might, I think they might go Augustine Drew. I don't know. Did DJ DJ Wilson got traded or was he part of the Bogdan trade? Uh, he was, I believe he was part of the Bogdan trade, but he's certainly not a guy that they've considered starting. I love at him. Point. I think he's good. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, the last thing, the obviously the best part of the Hinky interview, the best two parts, is I ask him if Spencer Hawes is the best three-point shooting big man in the NBA. Um, and he doesn't answer it as usual. But the best part is- he said, when, I think he said like maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He- it wasn't a confirmation, yes, but he didn't deny it. The best moment, obviously, is when his phone drops out and we panic and left it in the podcast. <laughs> like we had, a, I had to call him back, I think. He was with Mike Preston. And final thing, we did not request that hinky interview. It was offered to us. It was like in the third month of the podcast, which is wild. So, And I think he was on his way to the airport, right, to go overseas mm-hmm. to scout people. To s- Spain, I think, yeah. Yeah. All right, well. We didn't get a signing, so I assume as soon as we stop this, we'll get one. Um, how did yeah? How did the Bucks sign somebody to a three-year, twenty-one million-dollar deal? Well, aren't they over the cap? Do they have a trade exception? How does that even happen? Well, Fuck. we couldn't sign somebody in a trade exception. Well, uh, like a well, hmm. It's very odd. Yeah. I think they're kind of just throwing the rules out this year. They're like, it's a pandemic. You know, there's, the rules are so long anyway. Uh, oh, Seth Curry has posted a picture of himself or his Sixers jersey. I saw 31. Like he'll be wearing 31. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good number, I'd say. That, was that Hollis's number? Hollis was 31, wasn't he? Wow. Yeah. It's good. Well, to, it's going to be good to see a, another 40% shooter from three. I was going to say. That, splashing in that number. Yeah. they, they like, like the NFL, you have to play certain positions to have certain numbers. For the Sixers, you have to shoot 40% from three That's uh, right. to have number 31. All right. Well, uh, something will happen, and we'll, we'll talk to you after it does. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know Lickface. If you don't fuck with me. Then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time for playing.